Hey everyone, this is Michael, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. You know, you could be listening to any podcast right now, and you've chosen Elevate Retake, and I just want to say thank you. Today on our podcast, I've invited in Taylor Weaver and Jonathan Aguinaga. And before you get to know them a little bit more, we changed up the format of our podcast just a little bit. I'm trying to mess with you, maybe not so much, but here's what we've been doing in the past. I've been the one to kind of lead the conversation and ask questions and kind of keep things moving along. Uh, but just in the, the spirit of retake, I wanted to get a fresh perspective and find it the, the points of the sermon from somebody else. And so I asked Taylor to kind of lead and guide us through this conversation. So she's the one that's going to be driving some of the points. You're still going to get a little bit of my commentary and transitions in the background, but we just wanted to try to produce the best retake that we possibly could. So there's that just for you. So, you know, today we're looking at of trumpets, wind and seeds. It's Hosea chapter seven through 10. It's just a phenomenal section of scripture. It's really dark and really deep, but so profound in our understanding and knowledge of who God is and what his love is and what his love does. So today we've got Taylor Weaver, I guess I can introduce myself again. I'm Taylor and I wasn't on. Yeah, I wasn't on last week because I was getting my wisdom teeth out. Um, So the past week has been a little bit rough, but I'm just happy to actually be able to talk because I was thinking it was going to be like two weeks before I was going to be able to like speak again and be on the podcast. And the guest we've brought in is Jonathan Aguinaga. My name is Jonathan Aguinaga. I am a senior theology student. I'm also a student pastor at Keene Church, so you'll (laughs) probably see me around one of these days. And without further ado, here's our conversation. So I'm glad to be able to be back. I love how we've gone through Hosea. Um, it's really special. I told Michael, it's really special um, to me and specifically in my relationship um, with my boyfriend because I read a book um, called Redeeming Love. And it's it's like loosely based on the book of Hosea. And then that's what got me interested in actually reading Hosea. So whenever I knew we were going to be doing this series, I got so excited. And I really loved this sermon And what immediately stood out to me that I want to start with is how God keeps coming back no matter Mm -hmm. what. And even though the language is harsh, and that's the only way that I know how to describe it, God, it doesn't matter what the Israelites did, God kept coming back. And that's what I thought was, I I love that because I think we need that as our daily reminder that it doesn't matter how much we mess up, like God's still going to come back. So that was that was my initial like, wow, that's comforting. Yeah, I mean, for for me, this this whole sermon was built on a very, very key idea in Christianity that Mm -hmm. no matter how far you stray, even after Mm -hmm. God has poured so much into you, Mm -hmm. he'll still accept you back no matter like how far you go, how far you run. Um, and it kind of leads me back to the story of like the prodigal son, mm-hmm. you know, uh, exactly. and it's an exact image of, of the father with us, how he's given us this amazing future, this amazing hope. And we decided to take it and run with it and do our own thing with it. Mm-hmm. And when we realize that, oh, wow, all this time I was looking for the father and he's still there with his arms open wide, like saying, I still yeah. love you. I'm still here for you no matter what. I just think it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great point. And can I let you guys in on a little secret? Yeah. Um, as I was uh, preparing this, this was a tough message to prepare, um, just because 
I mean, and I mentioned it in the message, but mm-hmm. seven through 10 is just, it's awful. Yeah. Like, before it's like, oh yeah, it's cute. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Jose mm-hmm. and Gomer, like mm-hmm. I get it. We're getting into the really difficult part <sighs> to listen to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do you, and I, and I've, I've, I felt like as a pastor, I felt like I've kept bringing these messages. I know they've, they finish with hope, but it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we get it. Like Israel's, <laughs> Israel's a uh, uh, bad and they're, they're making bad decisions. Uh, and the other thing I, I know it's kind of, it's alluded to in my notes, but it didn't actually become clear until I preached it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the, engaged question was have your best plans ever failed um and i remember at a particular spot i made the point that um god's plans never fail that wasn't in my notes i wrote that that down that that stood out to me that came as like inspiration in the moment Mm -hmm. that was just like okay uh here it is so Mm -hmm. even uh i know i've talked with a pastor friend of mine he's like yeah my sermon's never finished until i'm done preaching it (laughs) (laughs) but that's cool i think that I think that that's truly how God can speak through you mm. and not just like, okay, because I know you hear a lot of pastors in the beginning, like be with me and let m- let it not be my words, but your words. And mm. I think that that's like a true indication that it's just totally God speaking through you. It's yeah. just like, oh, I just realized this, so I'm going to share it. Mm. So yeah. I think it's even better whenever it's off notes. And I actually really did like that point that mm-hmm. when you emphasize like God's plans never failed because Sometimes doesn't it look like they fail? Mm-hmm. It, feels it looks like, like it all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And then like they do. you see like the final outcome of something and you realize like, wow, at the end of the day, he still he was still in charge even yeah. when mm-hmm. even when I didn't see it at all. Yeah. I feel like at the end of the day, our plans failed. And oh, so it yeah. feels like we failed, but it's like, mm-hmm. oh wait, we're not in charge. <laughs> I have to remind myself of that. Yeah, I mean, it's like projecting like your will on God's will. Like, hey, yes. God, exactly. you want to do this for me? <laughs> but that's not how it works, is it? No. Along with the idea of God keeps coming back, it was it's really easy to read Hosea and I feel like say like, wow, the Israelites were so bad and Israel was just awful. And like almost if you really get into the story, it's it's as we kind of talked about semi frustrating because Mm -hmm. of like, how can I spin this in a good light? How can I see it in a positive way? And sometimes it's hard, but I think it's especially important to remember that we are the Israelites. And I remember you pointed that out Mm -hmm. kind of like, or like, okay, but we need to stand back. Like, who are we in the Mm -hmm. grand scheme of this story? And it kind of hit home that like, oh, by the way, we are the Israelites and it's our job to, find the inspiration in this to hopefully maybe change the way we think or change the way that we share Jesus with those around us and really (laughs) open our eyes to what does our relationship with God look like right now? I mean, I think it's it's the most interesting thing and it's really hard to like completely understand and study like how they they sin so much Mm -hmm. and God says, well, at some point your sin is just too much. I'm going to have to make you do this. And that seems super harsh. Like, wait, Mm -hmm. hold on, God. Don't you give us a choice? Don't you give us a choice to choose you? But what he's really saying is like, I have to show you that you need me somehow. And it's not forcing you to believe in me. Mm -hmm. It's not forcing you to choose me. But like, if we don't understand our need for God, we would never go to him. Mm -hmm. We would never go to him. And so sometimes we have to be put in that position in order to understand that we need him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm drawn to, I'm drawn to the example of Gideon with the jars of clay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the jars of clay were filled with light, mm-hmm. and Gideon was specifically told that he and his 300 men were to break them 
on the tents so that the fire could erupt. Mm-hmm. Like how often are we those jars of clay? Mm-hmm. That the jars sometimes need to be broken in order for the light that we've been given to shine through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. sometimes like that's that's the only way that we'll be able to not only shine out, mm-hmm. but to let God in is for us to be broken. Yeah. And that's true. And it it's a hard reality. Yeah. But that's sometimes the way it works. There's an image that comes through scripture often of being broken. And that's the big picture that we get from the book of Hosea, that the children of Israel are completely broken. But it's in this broken state that God can use them and his light can shine through. And we talked a little bit more about that, how our brokenness can ultimately bring about good in our life when God steps in. It's really difficult, yeah. Yeah. especially when you're living it. <laughs> yeah. I think Paul picks that up in... Uh, oh, yeah, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter... I know it because I preached a sermon on it. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it's chapter 4. Yeah. Chapter 4, verse uh, 7. 4, 7. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, there we go. But uh, we have this treasure in earthen vessels mm-hmm. so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and yeah, not from ourselves. Yep. Yeah. And I think I, I like the, the point that you brought up, Jonathan, about the when we see our need, we realize how loving God is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the difference between a fear of God and a love of God and not the fear as in the holy honor that we bestow upon God, but the fear of being afraid of yeah. who God is depends on uh, how how we understand ourselves. So the difference between God's love and God's wrath is where we find ourselves in relationship to him. And if we're pushing him away, some of the things he says about Israel and the way that he's going to bring enemies upon them and he's going to destroy them and he's going to do this and that. The other thing is like, aren't you a God of love? Aren't you this yeah. and the other thing? But you look at it from the flip side and realize that it's God's trying to pull his children back towards mm-hmm. him. And when they realize their broken state, they're like, oh, duh, God loves us. He's exactly. just trying to show us the natural consequences of our mm-hmm. of our actions. And he wants us to... to to truly understand who we are. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that my journey through Hosea as dark as it is, it brings incredible light because I keep hearing there's, there's a yearning in God's voice mm-hmm. that he rails on them over and over and over again. But he says, if you'll just plant some, plant some mm-hmm. seeds, <laughs> yeah. we'll do this. If we'll, maybe we'll try this. When yeah. I like how both of you said, I think like along the lines of like broken mm-hmm. and so viewing it that way, that was another thing that stood out to me is that instead of viewing it in such a harsh way, I love how you invited us to view it as he's a God who heals. Mm-hmm. So as much as his words are difficult to take in, he's trying to show that you did all these awful things, but I can heal you. Mm. I'm going to show you your faults, but I can heal you. And it's kind of like the flip side of everything. And that's what's really cool to me because it's, it's really easy to see him in Hosea as a really scary God and really one we want to fear instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, Mm -hmm. more of like a follow out of fear instead of follow out of like, man, like I fear you in a good way. Like you're so awesome and just like awestruck. Yeah. Um, but sometimes we need to remember and he needs to remind us of like, it's kind of funny because it's like totally contradictory mm. of like, he's trying to get our attention. Like I am merciful. I yeah. am loving, yeah. but you have to give me the chance to show you that. Yeah. So that was I think it's interesting. Like sometimes when we're, when we're caught up in that lifestyle, that's completely against like God's lifestyle and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be any certain thing, but anything that goes against his will and his plan 
we find ourselves like questioning, like, what am I really doing here? Yeah. Like, what am I really doing? And, and Paul uh, speaks to really powerfully to it in Romans chapter seven, which is mm. a super interesting chapter in the Bible. If you ever want to like d- dive into it, it's actually really interesting. Uh, the common English version says this, starting in verse 17 uh, or 16. In fact, I don't understand why I act the way I do. Mm. I don't do what I know is right. I do mm. the things that I hate. And although I don't do what I know is right, I agree that the law is good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I, I, it's so interesting because- It's so relatable. Isn't that like how we find ourselves like all the time? Like, man, I, I don't like that I'm doing these things. Yes. And I don't yeah. really understand why it's so easy to do bad and it's hard to do good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and, and I understand that the Lord loves me. I understand he has a plan. And yet I always end up falling flat of that. How- mm-hmm. Why do I do this? How can I how can I accept him into my life in a way that makes it yeah. I don't want to say easier because it's not easy being a Christian. It's not mm-hmm. easy being a Seventh-day Adventist, but yeah. with his help and guidance, we can make it through. Yeah. 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 Paul mentions there he has this kind of back and forth. And I think we have to come to an understanding that we are sinful human beings. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we like to look at sins, plural, like the specific actions of sinful human beings. And we're like, well, you did this, this, that, and the other thing. It's like I can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sinful. Yes. That doesn't mean that I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not always going to make the, the best decision. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to live a life of integrity and, and faithfulness and mm-hmm. devotion to God. Uh, but there's times that we fall and stumble. Yes. And we have to, we, I think we have to give each other a little bit more grace. Mm. God extends so much grace to us that he allows mm-hmm. us to, yeah. to live the lives that we're living now. And to see that come out of the book of Hosea, that God's like, yep, this, that, that, and the other thing, but ah, I've got some grace I want to give to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we did that towards other people, I think our, our world would be oh, uh, my word. a much better Hugely place. Hugely yeah. different. <laughs> Another thing that really stood out to me in your sermon that being on air at the journey, which is the local radio. Station. Yeah. The local yeah. radio station here at 88.3. Um, so I've been a DJ for, I think about like a year or so. Um, I'm retired this semester, <laughs> kind of taking a break doing <laughs> oh, production, really? okay. but a talking point that I've said over and over. And sometimes you don't even realize what you're talking about until you hear somebody else say it. And then you're like, oh, I say that all the time, but I never actually like really yeah. look at my words. And that was whenever you said, how often do I turn so, to God how first? How often do I turn directly to God when trouble comes? Or is it off that I turn somewhere else? Is God the first one that I call to? When things get rough, when things get difficult, when I don't have enough money to pay the bills, when I'm scared spitless of what's to come in the future, do I turn to God or do I turn to things that or on the internet, or in books, or friends. And then that's, it was just something that really stood out to me, because it's so easy sometimes to preach things and not actually take them seriously yourself. (laughs) And so hearing that kind of made me stand back and say, okay, the Israelites are in times of trouble. I know I'm in times of trouble right now. Like we're each facing our own battles, but are we turning to God first? And that's what Mm -hmm. he's begging us to do. And honestly, like I struggle with it because it's hard sometimes to turn to God first if you're distant or Mm -hmm. if you pray, but you just don't feel like, you know, there are certain times whenever I pray and it's just like, 
oh my word, he's in the room. And there are other times like even more difficult when I struggle and it's like, where are you? Mm. And it makes it so difficult to, to turn to him. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds so bad, but it's human. It's hard to, it's a hard pill to swallow, I feel like, because it's something that makes you feel bad. It makes you feel guilty. It makes you question in entirety, like relationship with God. Like, where am I at? Wow, that got like really real, really deep. (laughs) But I mean, it's definitely a struggle. And I think it's something that, I don't know if you have any pointers on. I don't know if... Mm. You know, because that's that yeah. that was a point that stood out to me is yeah. it's hard to turn to God sometimes, no, like first off in yeah. trouble, exactly like the Israelites decided not to turn to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I struggle with that, too. Uh, I, you know, we've over the past year, what quote unquote church ministry has looked like has just gone mm-hmm. completely changed from what it was before. And I know often in some of our, our planning meetings and when we're making decisions about uh, to meet or not to meet, mm-hmm. That's <laughs> to so gather difficult. or not to gather, um, to, to take care of people. Sometimes we, you know, ran off and, and made our, our own decisions, I think, mm-hmm. before coming back and asking God, what's what's important here? Exactly. And to, to answer your question, how we how we go to God first, um, uh, I think in, in any forming any habit, mm-hmm. it just takes some grit at the yeah. beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but at the same time, I don't think we should beat ourselves up when we don't turn to God first. Cause I think God understands. I think so um, too. But as we, as we build in our relationship with God, um, I use the illustration of, um, I know you both have significant others, mm-hmm. um, and Jonathan, you're getting married soon this summer. And uh, yes, I am. <laughs> Taylor, we're cheering you and Kobe on. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. But, you know, Melissa and I have been married for five years. I think about um, as Melissa and I have grown in a relationship, and I don't know if it's been the case for you guys, as you've gotten closer to your significant other, you more often turn to them first. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the person mm-hmm. that's like, you want to tell when you got um, and uh, you got an A on a test that you thought you mm. bombed, or you got yeah. a a job or a promotion, or like this exciting thing happened in your life. Mm-hmm. They're the first person you turn to, right? Um, and also when bad things happen. Yeah, mm. I remember when I was right before it was actually a couple months before Melissa and I were officially dating. Uh, mm. My grandfather passed away. Uh, and it was right around this time, right or a couple weeks ago, right around Christmas time, mm-hmm. um, several several years ago. Um, and she was the first person I wanted to tell. So even in, in our difficult mm-hmm. times, that's the person that we you know want to go to. I think question in my mind is, do I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. And as I grow in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, He's going to be the first person that I t- turn to, and it's yes. natural. It's not mm-hmm. that oh, I have to I have to try it's not a burden to, no, to reach that's out exactly to him it. he's someone that i want to to turn to immediately uh and so i think it comes with time and i think it comes with getting to know the heart of god as we as we mm-hmm. search scripture as we as we pray uh when god becomes a a real entity to us mm-hmm. we come into relationship with him i think that's when we we turn um our hearts and are able to turn to god in our times of trouble mm-hmm. um and i think the other thing that's a challenge to that is I, I think for 
uh, just kind of the way church culture has gone, um, and particularly within the Adventist faith or the more conservative um, side of Christianity, um, people aren't comfortable bearing their emotions to God. Yeah, God is a very, a very holy God, and a, and and yeah. somebody that we approach with penitence and and then this. But Paul makes it clear. Uh, I think it's in, in Ephesians. Let us approach the throne of God boldly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's all the the minor prophets and everything that they're they're just calling out to God with their their mm-hmm. their deepest emotion. God's not afraid of that. He already knows it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we're challenged over and over, like to keep God to his word like mm-hmm. lord you promised that you would be with me during these times of trouble you promised that you would be uh guiding me towards you because that's what the holy spirit is is working in our hearts to do is to guide us towards the father guide us towards mm-hmm. jesus guide us towards heaven mm-hmm. help me to get there mm-hmm. help me to lean more on you and less on myself because if at the end of the day if we're if we're living to be ourselves then we're not living for jesus no not at all Sometimes when we come before God, we don't totally feel adequate, right? It's like going to your parents and you know you've messed up and they're going to respond, maybe a punishment or some discipline, right? And you feel like you just don't get it. That can be a very difficult spot. But the same God who shares railing disciplinary actions against the Israelites is the same God that steps forward and says, I love you. And I heard a story recently about a kid who was trying to pick something up and the dad is asking him, hey, are you using all your strength? And the kid said, yes, I'm using all of my strength. I'm picking it up. And his dad says, no, you're not using all of your strength yet because you haven't asked me to help you. And even in our darkest moments, when we don't live up to that expectation, God steps in to make up the rest. Whenever we were reading um, Hosea chapter 10, verse 11 through 12, you mentioned God enjoys the process. I think here's the thing about God. God isn't so much worried about the end result as he's worried about the process because he knows if you go through the process, the end result will come. And I loved that, by the way. I, I really did too. <laughs> I mean, it just completely and totally spoke to me. And I think that yeah. that's one of the things, I feel like that's, um, we've talked about this before in previous podcasts. There are certain, I feel like, points in your sermon that it can just speak to Mm -hmm. each person individually. And if you look at it kind of like surface level, it's like, oh, how could that speak to everybody individually? But it depends on what you're struggling with. And if you think about how much God enjoys the process, I viewed that as the journey. So Mm -hmm. he he loves, and I mean, he loves the end result too, Mm -hmm. because like Mm -hmm. makes everybody happy. But seeing us struggle on the ups and downs, but still knowing like if if they just give it to me, like I've got this and I've got them. And like- Basically, he loves seeing the ups and downs of our relationship with him mm-hmm. is how I viewed mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's crazy to me because yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm doing my best in my relationship with God. And so this is really hitting home for me because, yeah. you know, the ups and downs, it's difficult. And it's also really discouraging sometimes just be like, oh, I just want that perfect relationship <laughs> with him. And it's hard to. It's at least it's hard for me to enjoy the process. I've been so future focused and I know Jonathan, you've got to be the same, like graduating and thinking about future and future job, you know, your wife and like a house and kids and like so much to think about. Mm -hmm. But 
I know personally, I've been getting so focused on the future that I'm not yeah. enjoying the process, mm -hmm. that I'm anxious in the process, that I'm like, but what's next? I'm so nervous for what's next yeah. that I can't enjoy what's happening now and what God's doing now. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's what's important. That that was like huge for me. I think it was interesting and it spoke to me the most because I've heard it both ways. Oh. I've heard uh, I've heard that it's not the process, it's the destination. And then I've heard oh, yeah. that it's the that it's the destination, not the process. Yeah. yeah. So I've heard it. I've heard it both ways, and it's interesting the way that you explained it, mm -hmm. in the way that like that that's how God is, and I didn't really realize that because you had already brought up the point, and you said it was by by chance, it was a miracle <laughs> that <Yeah>. God's plans <laughs> never fail, yeah. and then you followed up a few minutes later by saying that God is more worried about you in the process mm -hmm. because yeah. He knows, and I love when you said that. And he knows that if you follow his process, mm -hmm. the destination is sure. Mm -hmm. The destination doesn't change. Yeah. Each person's process could be different. Yeah. But when we're all when we're all built on his plan, then we get where he wants us to go. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful because I yeah. think, and I think just like Taylor said, uh, we find ourselves so worried about uh, the future, about what's to come. And, and then we hear the words of Jesus, which are saying, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow could not happen at all. Yeah. I could come as a thief in the night mm -hmm. at any point in time. Yeah. Anything can happen. Yeah. It's so but hard just to know remember that. that. Yeah. <laughs> but just know that I'm with you right now. I think that's so, so yeah. powerful. So it powerful. Yeah. I think it's also interesting that like we know the destination. Mm -hmm. We know... We know what the end game is. We know what yeah. happens after. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting because Paul says something that I think is so profound. He says, he says, I'm going to read from the New King James Version. It makes more sense to me. Where you at? He says, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, mm -hmm. right, right after you. Mm -hmm. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house mm -hmm. not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on, and I'll skip just a few verses down. And he starts in verse five. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee. Mm. So we are always confident. Mm. I love that so much <laughs> because we know that after everything that we've endured, we know that after after all the all the times we've we've been on our knees, like crying, praying to God, Lord, I need you now. Mm -hmm. We know that after all the times that we've failed and fallen short, we've had to been called back. We know that after all of this sin in the world is gone, we have heaven waiting for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And while we're on our journey to get to heaven, we have the Holy Spirit guiding us there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's never, he's never, he's never left us. He's no. always with us. Yeah. And so it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to lean on him. But once we, once we do get that relationship with him, once we do, once we're strong in him, we are able to see that clear picture mm -hmm. that he is coming soon. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm, that's where I'm going. That's where, that's mm -hmm. what I'm looking to. Yeah. I love that. That's the hope. That's the that's yeah. what has to keep us going because yeah. it's hard to see that sometimes. Yeah. Well, um, in kind of finishing off, at least my points, mm -hmm. um, I love how this is a different book. It's hard to read, but difficult in the way that. Um, we're so used to movies and books having fairy tale and like mm -hmm. fairy tale endings. Mm -hmm. And so this is not a fairy tale ending, but it's 
the way that I would pitch it is it's better than a fairy tale ending mm. because it's the truth. And the mm. truth is that it's like G it, it's Jesus promised to us that no matter what we go through in life, no matter how far we may stray from him, mm -hmm. he will never leave or forsake us. And it's, it's his way of showing us this inexplainable love that he has. And it's, it's like, I, it's hard for us to fathom. Like I, I'm trying really hard. I've gone through, you know, like, um, what is it first corinthians 13 like the mm -hmm. chapter on love like mm -hmm. yeah. i've made that a point to like read that at least once or twice a week to remind myself like yeah. okay it's hard to it's hard to remember sometimes like to try and fathom the type of love that he has because personally i want to show that love to others but how can i unless i can try to understand how much he loves me so i can give a little bit of that love to everybody that i pass and i meet mm -hmm. and yeah, it's just an awesome way to look at this book as it's not a fairy tale, it's better, and it shows that he will redeem us. He mm -hmm. has that redeeming love for us, and he won't leave or forsake us. Yeah. yeah and mean, that's, yeah, that's I mean, what I got. It's just proof, and we, we've said it already in this podcast. Have you ever felt like you've had a moment where you're not enough, or you've been pressing forward so hard to achieve a particular end in sight, but you just miss the mark. I think sometimes we beat ourselves up because we don't fully get to where we think that we should be. But if we took some time along the way, and as poets often say, take some time and smell the roses, right? When we smell the roses, it helps us know that along the way that God is having us interact with and better the lives of the people around us. So as you're on your journey, what glimpses of love can you find? You may not have gotten where you think you need to go, but along the way, how can you look for those glimpses in your life? We've said it already in this podcast, but it's just proof that no matter how how far, how far, how deep you are into sin, mm -hmm. he still loves you and he's still right there with you. Yeah. And it's just such a testament to um the the lengths that he's willing mm -hmm. to go to 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 bring us back. And it's yeah. not always fun. He it's will call not, us out. Yeah. Yeah, He's true. definitely going to call us out. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. like that's the hardest part because it's like being called down. It's like, oh, I don't like that, but yeah. mm. we need it. And that was our look at Of Trumpets, Winds, and Seeds coming from Hosea chapter 7 through 10. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with Taylor and Jonathan. It was so fun to dive into scripture with them. And we want to invite you to be a part of this process. If you've got a comment or a question, you could DM us on Instagram at, at Elevate Retake, or you can record a voice message. And it's super simple to do that. Simply click the link in the description, record your thoughts, and it'll get sent to us. And who knows, maybe you will be featured in the next episode of Elevate Retake. And today, if this podcast earned it or there was something that stuck out to you, we encourage you to just share it with someone who you feel will be blessed by it. But other than that, we're so thankful that you're listening and uh, we pray that it's a blessing. Until next time. <laughs>